Hello and welcome to another episode of the Point Forward Podcast. Recording on a Monday evening, the first uh, conference semifinal series is over already over. The Cavs swept the Warriors yesterday. Um, and uh, we got two series stuck at 2-2, Cat, uh, Celtics Wizards and Spurs Rockets. And uh, Golden State Warriors go for the sweep tonight against the Utah Jazz. And to talk about all this plus more is my co-host PJ. What up? What up? We only want big ballers in this pod. Big ballers only allowed. If you can't figure out how to subscribe to this podcast, then you are not yeah. a big baller. Then you're not a big baller. If you haven't listened to every episode of The Point Forward, you're not a big baller. The Point Forward's loose. Let's uh, let's just jump into things, man. I let's so but before we yeah before we get too loosey goosey, I do have one thing I want to talk about. Uh, I was hoping that yesterday's slate of games would be uh, entertaining. You know, you have Wizards, Celtics, and Spurs Rockets. Where on one side the Spurs and the Celtics have a chance to try to gra- grab three one series leads, um, which. Although in recent history, uh, we've seen a few comebacks from teams to come back down from 3-1. That typically doesn't go over so well. However, both teams just really laid an egg, lost by 20-plus points, and that's just kind of a – that's just an indication of how this entire postseason, especially this round, has gone in my mind. The average uh, deficit – I was talking to you before we started recording, Peach is – between Celtics and Wizards is 17 points. Between the Spurs and Rockets is 21 points. And both those series are tied 2-2. It doesn't make any sense. Like, why can't we get some close games? These these teams should be pretty comparable. They should be being close down the stretch. But we can essentially call them over by the end of the third quarter. Every single one of these games. Well, when teams go on 26-0 runs sometimes, those are pretty tough uh tough odds overcome yeah so you didn't find what, that entertaining i found that pretty entertaining was it was crazy it was great but then the fourth quarter unless you're live betting it it just doesn't really it doesn't mean anything like, yeah no i mean yeah not really i was like hoping maybe the celtics would a little more of a punch back but uh yeah turns out the only person they have on their team that can score and do anything is isaiah thomas and if he's not doing anything you gotta bunch of just dudes yeah so let's let's start with that series because uh it's been a really weird one to watch the wizards have been up by 14 plus points every game of the series and in the first two especially in game one the celtics just really flipped the script and killed them the rest of the game like quarters two through four over Wizards jump out to a huge lead in game two. Celtics gradually work their way back and tie it going to OT and then kind of take it over in overtime and get a W off of Isaiah's 50-plus points. Then game three and game four, Wizards essentially, like, I mean, they end, game three was over at the end of the first quarter, and game four lasted until the third, but then that run, like you mentioned, just broke things open and, and, nothing the Celtics can do from there and uh I texted you this yesterday uh Jay Crowder has has just gotten his lunch eaten from him 
by yeah. Otto Porter. Like Otto Porter is outplaying him. Like he's not putting up mind blowing numbers by any means, but it's super efficient games. Like shooting 60, 70% of the field. I think he finished the game with 18 points on seven of nine shooting yesterday. A lot of transition buckets. Uh, and just really doing nothing to hurt them. Just being a plus player where Jay Crowder isn't. Um, and they've uh, Morse returned to the lineup has been a big boost for them. He's played better. Yeah. Uh, this is just a, this is a really tough series to pick. Like what happens going back to Boston now? I think Boston probably would. I mean, it's like, <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, like, the home team may just win every game of this series. That's what's happened so far. It could be. I, I like, I mean, I think that Washington's played been the better looking team for the series. It just gets kind of like one Boston in the games where they've you know actually won. They've shot really well, and I mean the the and then you just look at Washington. Um, you know, Bradley Beal shows up in that game uh, in game two. I, I you know maybe that I. Washington's up three one. I mean, system like that that factor. Plus, Washington's always has been probably one of the best teams at home all year. Um, so I was fully expecting them to win both these games at home. Uh, I just think they need to figure out a way to obviously win a game in Boston. Um, and I, I, you know, if they, I think if they can win game five, I think they'll have a very good chance to. to close this thing out um we both like them to begin this series um so i i'm gonna kind of look at it that way maybe they figured something out at home and uh certainly making uh life difficult for isaiah thomas in these last two games has worked out for them um and they've really exposed the celtics for with a lot of they've basically done a lot of the things the bulls did in the first two games of that of round one uh, but then they've kind of they've done it for you know pretty much outside of that Isaiah Thomas doing that dropping fifty one on them like they've held him in check and it's I mean it's helped them tremendously as far as being able to uh, stay in these games so yeah I I've I've liked what I've seen out of Washington for the most part I haven't seen enough from Boston to be like oh you know. It just kind of seems like they've lucked out, and, and not I wouldn't say lucked out. That's a bad way to phrase it. Uh, but they've definitely haven't at any point in my mind dominated or you know, held held Washington in check. I think it's been more the Wizards have fallen short in moments. Yeah, I I think this game or I think that this series is done. I think the Wizards have all the momentum. I I, I don't think that Boston could score. Like I, they. Now that uh, they have different guys to throw at Horford, there's no question that they're being really physical with Isaiah. So it'll be interesting to see after he criticized the refs a little bit after game four. Uh, it'll be very interesting to see what happens as they go back to Boston and see if he can get some more calls. But John Wall has been the best player on the court almost every game of this series. They, yeah. they faltered. Go, you know, Their bench is still a problem. Uh, no question about that, but they're starting five, and you know, in the playoffs, you're playing your starting five about forty minutes a game, so your bench is not as important. Uh, and I think that their starting five is that much better 
than the Celtics. It's they just can't do anything to stop it. I mean, the and John Wall hasn't like as he's had some explosive plays the last two games. He's not shooting very efficiently. He's not been he has not been great from the field. And if he can put one of those games together in Boston, then it's over. And I don't think the Celtics can beat the Wizards in Washington based off the how the last two games go. I just don't see no, it happening. I mean, the- yeah, no, the Boston scored. I mean, they scored over 120 points in two, two games at home. Uh, I don't want to say that's necessarily like a fluke right there, um, but yeah. It's, but here's it's tough to. I, I mean, it's. I, I definitely can see where it's tough to make a case that, uh, for to say that Boston is gonna still be in the series based on how they played those two these last two games, but. Um. I mean, I, I'd still, yeah, Washington needs to kind of close it out at home to make me convinced. But, yeah, I think if they won game five for sure, I think it's it's done and it'll be done in six. But, I mean, I hope it goes seven. I hope we get that seventh game. So, the Celtics, this is why I think it is kind of a fluke. One Games one and two of this series. Game one, the Celtics were down 14 after the first quarter and come back and win after shooting 48% from three. Game two, Isaiah has to score 50-plus right. points for them to win in overtime. So I, And then the next two games, they lose by 20-plus, where they don't have anything crazy like that happen. Yeah, um, which... So... No, I mean, I, I mean they shot I just don't see it happening. Right. No, you're... But, like, I just can't... I mean, I don't think either of us can sit here and be like, we know for sure Boston's going to shoot bad in, in game five like i think they've kind of proven that if they're stroking if they're able to hit their threes like then they're they're moving they're that's kind of where their sweet spot is obviously like they're built to be a three-point shooting team if they're making their threes we've seen them be competitive so it's like that's the one factor and then it's but you know washington's able to answer there yeah john wall's been the best player in the series um and that's that's i mean that's where i'm still Definitely high on this on the Wizards, and I do not see how the the Celtics can win the series. Is like I just it'd be wild to me to see them win two series in a row where they haven't even had the best player on the court, like in either series. I mean, Isaiah Thomas is great and all, but he's throughout the course of the the series has not been the best player. Um, same thing within the Bulls series. I mean, he came came out after. Uh, you know, and when they play in Chicago, he obviously showed up there. But, um, yeah, John Wall's been the best player. I mean, if Bradley Beal can show up the rest of this time, I mean, if Bradley Beal goes out and does what he did in game two, I, yeah, that's – then that once again helps Boston's case too. Like, John Wall needs some help there and yeah, the bench. Obviously, I think still in some ways does favor Boston. Uh, I mean, the fact they couldn't – jump on the Kelly Oubre being being out and suspended which because I don't know if you want to get into that at all but um well yeah we we should talk about that uh but before we do I I you're 100% right that if essentially if the Celtics can shoot 40 plus from three they're gonna have a shot (laughs) and if I and if Isaiah goes off they have a shot uh both of those things could happen and they have this is me saying that I, I just don't think they're going to i don't i I don't think those things happen again this series like they got those two huge games 
Uh, if they're just if they're playing their typical average night of basketball against the Wizards, I, they're gonna lose. Oh yeah, and they, yeah. But anyway, let's let's talk about Kelly Oubre, the the Kelly on Kelly assault that we got to see in Game Three. Uh, so if you haven't seen this by now, uh, Kelly Olenek sets a, a high screen, gives a little shoulder to Kelly Oubre, who's uh, I forget who he's guarding on the play. Fights through it. Gets knocked to the ground by Kelly Olenek. Cole, Kelly Olenek is immediately called for uh, an illegal charge. He goes to talk to the ref at the corner of the court. Kelly Oubre gets up from getting knocked down by Olenek. Charges at him. And that's where like it doesn't look like he really hits him that hard it's definitely a shove he's kind of going through a ref that's in between the two but he like kelly olenek drops like a ton of bricks instantly on the ground and it to me it looked like he was either a flopping or b just completely caught off guard uh by what Ubre was doing and just knocked him to the ground and because of that Ubre got suspended one game but it didn't end up mattering all that much yeah i mean i think kelly kelly olenek helps out a little bit but yeah, I don't. I, I mean, I, there's there's been plenty of times in this playoffs even where we've seen like dudes just getting laid out on screens, and they've had the composure to not run up and take down the guy that's done that to them. Um, so yeah, no, of, it, uh, it it was, was uh, yeah, he's got the call. Like Uber got the 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 call as far as like it being a foul. Uh, but I think that's just like probably. A guy that needs to obviously learn to compose himself in those moments, and he's a young player. So, uh, and I just we obviously know and like thing we were most sad about this these two teams playing is that they don't really like each other at all. A lot of guys don't have the you know best feelings about one another. So, not surprised it happened. Um, and yeah, he's unfortunately you know fortunately for Kelly Oubre, it didn't really affect their team for the one game he was out. Yeah, I didn't think it was that bad of a screen that Olenek set. He definitely gave a little like flinch of his shoulder as Ubre yeah. went by. Ubre just completely overreacted by it. Uh, but it was great. It was great TV. It was. I'm not a huge fan of Kelly Olenek, so I was okay yeah. with him getting decked a little bit. Not that I'm condoning violence. I'm not saying that, but it it was kind of funny. Kelly Olenek has a very punchable face, though. We can yes. Yeah. Yes, and a lot of people have come out since then saying that they're not huge fans of. <laughs> like t- today, Draymond Green said they didn't respect Kelly, and uh, I don't know, man. He just uh, I gotta agree with like this has come out well, a lot too. Is well, he's got Draymond? he's he's such an ugly basketball player. I'm sorry, but he's yeah, just he like, what are you doing? He would probably be decent looking if you just cut your hair like a normal person and shave or just learn to have the right facial hair like he's just ugly facial hair terrible hair it's just like he's trying to look like shit i don't i don't know what he's doing i don't know i mean at this point like if you're a goon you gotta kind of look like the part but also like the draymond thing i thought was funny him saying that it's like, oh, i really respect kelly olenek but i also kind of think it wasn't you know somebody's draymond's like yeah you know that I gotta, I gotta defend the guy that got suspended in a pivotal playoff game for his team. Uh, you know, maybe Draymond's just like, you know, looking out for his little thing too. Like, if Draymond Cozen's like, oh, you know, Kelly Ray shouldn't have pushed him, 
Draymond's just going to get a ton of shit. He'll be like, well, he did in the round two of a playoffs. Like, you did in the finals, and your team blew a 3-1 lead. So I think he has to, like, take the route of, like, hating on Kelly Olytic more than, like, anything, too. Like, that's the only avenue he can take, and it's it's an easy one because, like we said, Kelly Olynyk very punchable face. Right. Um, we should uh, – let's move on to a series, uh, the other series in the Eastern Conference – that ended yesterday. The Cavs completed their four-game sweep of the Raptors. Uh, and uh, I d- don't think after how Game 3 ended uh, with Kyle Lowry being out in Game 3 and Game 4 that um, you know we uh, may have put down a fairly significant financial stake in the Cavs sweeping yesterday. Uh, felt really confident that, that LeBron was closing that out. And... Uh, you know, yeah. I don't know. There weren't there weren't any huge takeaways from the series that uh, for me that I didn't already know. The only thing I want to talk about specifically as far as the Cavs going forward, and I think we'll get a lot of mileage out of the Raptors this offseason because they have a lot of decisions to make. But is Kevin Love and his lack of production in this past series a concern going forward? Because He's okay as a defensive liability if he's putting up numbers on the offensive end. The guy had two different games yeah. this series. He scored five or less points. Uh, he's just not doing much. Um, or excuse me, not five or less. He had five points on game four. He had nine points in game two. Uh, the Cavs were not close to losing either of these games, but I think they're going to need higher production out of their uh, the third guy in their big three, if they're going to try to make a run at the title. And part of that is like, he's still coming back from injury. Like they need to keep him, they need to get him going. They need to get him touches. They need to get him looks uh, so that he can be more involved. And if they don't, it might end up biting them because LeBron and Kyrie can only do too much. Uh, I'm, I'm pretty much just set on, I mean, LeBron showed the, the King package to the, the Raptors and I'm, I'm pretty much just, set on yeah i think he needs those pieces but i'm willing to just at this point say it's like that team's gonna go as far as lebron wants them to i mean i don't think they're gonna have much of a challenge here the rest of the eastern conference uh portion of it gotta get lebron right and ready and him feeling good for the the matchup still i would assume being the warriors the the june premiere the blockbuster that we all have been sitting around for you know eight months or you know four but yeah i think you definitely obviously want kevin love to be playing you know his best you want Kyrie, and you know obviously kyrie has got to be the number two option but you know kevin love has to be the best second tier role player for that team maybe but i think there's enough that lebron can work with and they brought it up too. I mean, it was just a good point on uh, during the. I think it was during halftime. It was Jalen or Chauncey brought up. But basically, when you look at the Cavs, and it's it's true. And I mean, we've talked about it throughout the season. But it's like they've basically just given LeBron a bunch of toys, and there's a lot of overlap as far as what those players can do. They basically can swap out parts, and it's you know whoever's playing well at a given time. That's who you know, they roll with kind of and whoever LeBron's vibing with and you know, maybe that's Corver next series again, you know Corver went off game four. Maybe it's Kevin Love, but 
um, yeah, I think you need the the Kyrie and LeBron factor to be strong. But outside of that, I mean, yeah, you'd like Kevin Love to be more of a prominent person because of his name value. But on this team, I just don't. I he's kind of an elevated role player to me when I look at it still. Well, it certainly has been that way in these playoffs so far. But he's still when he's cap when he gets hot, like he's capable of putting up huge numbers. Right. So yeah. why not try to at least get one of those like one game a series that you can get six, seven threes out of the guy, or you know, try to get him close to thirty points? Because I think if you get Kevin Love to 25, 30 points, there's no way you're losing. Like, and it just doesn't seem that he's there are any plays drawn up for him which like yeah I'm giving the ball to LeBron and Kyrie uh every play when it's not going you know running a play for Kyle Korver coming off a screen or otherwise I'm I'm gonna try to get Kevin Love going it just doesn't like I was surprised at the lack of uh effort by the Cavs towards Kevin Love especially like even if you're up big in these games you're up 12 points in the third quarter or something like let's get K-Love going like let's he needs to see the ball going through the basket and uh it just kept it was just kind of the same thing and that that worked but uh when you have a team like the Warriors like you alluded to it looks like that that may be the matchup we see again they have a lot of guys that can throw LeBron LeBron uh is you know I Based off how the last yeah, two I mean, postseasons have gone, I don't really think that's going to be a huge. Like uh, he's still going to get his, uh, regardless of what you throw at him. But uh, he's become more of a facilitator in the finals. Where against the Raptors, you saw some games he's only finishing like three or four assists, um, and that's because they 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 were daring the guy to shoot. They're like, and he oh, just yeah. shot the ball really well this yeah. series. That's why they swept. Like I honestly think if LeBron is shooting 35 percent which is a lot closer to his regular season average. Maybe they drop a game to the Raptors. Like maybe they lose the game yesterday, but instead LeBron is hitting 40, 45% of his threes and there's nothing you can do against no. him. He's, and that's even with PJ Tucker, who's a pretty good no, defender. If, if LeBron's hitting his three point shot, he's literally the most, like, of all time, the most impossible player to defend. If he's making his jump shot, yeah, it's over. Like, then that's, you're absolutely right. Like that's why there's just the Raptors really had no chance. But you look at even like how they ended the finals last year. Like he shot the ball really well in those last three games. I mean he he's just like a unstoppable force when it comes to that. And I I think he can elevate up to that. And I just yeah, that's why I just I don't know if it's his the Kevin Love role. And they through two years they found spots and you know picked ways. I think. You know, the best way to really get Kevin involved is, like, it's got to be in the first quarter. Otherwise, he really does just kind of fade um, as the game progresses. Like, he's just not a factor. It's A lot of the time with him, it's like he has a big first half, and then he even fades back. But um, you got to get it going early, and, you know, depending on the matchup, it doesn't make sense all the time. So, at this point, I've, like, seen this – team play together now three years like just there's gonna be points where Kevin Love isn't a factor and there's gonna be games where he needs to be um and I'm gonna trust LeBron to kind of feel that out and determine that but I mean I, I think the biggest thing of this series is just 
yeah, how dominant LeBron looked the entire way. Um, well, we should t- we should touch on DeRozan's comments after the series too, because uh, what yeah. DeRozan essentially said was that if the Raptors say. if the Raptors had LeBron James, they would have won, mm-hmm. and I that's. That is a really weird. Well, I I don't think that that was verbatim what he said, but every, you know that's essentially what he said, and uh, that is such a weird thing to say. And if I'm his teammate, like, I mean, I get it, he's right, but you can't admit shit like that. I just I don't know. I mean, it's true. Like I don't I can't really tell him like he's right. It's true. It's like, but it was like weird from the perspective of like it almost sounded like like you were playing. Like, DeMar Rosen was playing, like, one of the other Cavs players, like, in 2K. Just like, well, you've got LeBron. Of course you beat me. Like, you're supposed to beat me type thing. Right. Which I don't know if that was the point he was getting at. It was like, oh, if we had LeBron, we'd win too. Well, obviously, but, like, yeah. So, you're telling me, like, these other Cavs players aren't are lesser? Like, you're, the rest of your team is better than the rest of the Cavs without LeBron? Like, I don't know about that. Like, you can't really make that assessment because that team's built around having LeBron. So... Um, yeah. I don't, I also, don't really be- before you before you start going throwing out reasons why you lost or things that could have happened differently, uh, maybe take some ownership over the fact that you went two for eleven and uh, I think game two and scored five points. And he was, I mean, DeRozan, like especially with La- like you're you and Lowry are really you guys are the two players that need to make things happen on this team like sure you have norm powell uh you have people you have Corey joseph to go make some plays but i mean this is on you man you average high 20s in in the regular season you're you know low 20s shooting yeah. worse by every statistical measure playing worse in the playoffs why don't you take it on yourself to to actually try to challenge the king instead of just bowing down to him like it's just embarrassing like i hate i hated that like that's that's what people yeah. that's why old and that's why old NBA players uh, say that this current version of the NBA is softer than what it was like when they played. It's because you know Magic saw Bird and didn't was like like oh it's Larry Bird if we had Larry you know we would have won. It's like no you're gonna go at him and you know DeRozan's not gonna ever be that kind of guy if he has that mentality. Yeah, I mean he definitely showed like a low impact. Um in multiple you know, once Lowry was out like his impact when he wasn't scoring was was pretty minimal at points for the team and um yeah it was almost I mean they played better when the ball was in Corey Joseph's hand I mean Corey Joseph was unbelievable was like unbelievable yeah, he might be the reason that Kyle Lowry is not back with the Raptors because they might just be like you know we'll give you a three-year deal Kyle but you're too old for us to give you a five-year we'll roll the dice with Corey Joseph, the way he played in the playoffs yesterday, like he had a better game yesterday than Kyle Lowry has had in the last two years with the Raptors against the Cavs in the playoffs. I think I mean, he's really good, and I'm not I'm not saying that he is better than Kyle Lowry. Okay, I, that is not what I'm saying, uh, but it's gonna like that does that's gonna give the Raptors ownership right. some some thoughts when it comes to that because uh, it's not like it's a small investment to keep Kyle Lowry. It's gonna be uh, a pretty significant effort um yeah i'm trying to think though like i feel well i know there's a couple regular season ones in there for kyle but yeah i don't know. i i feel like he i don't know if i'm for sure on him not playing well ever against the Cavs, but 
No, I mean Corey. Joseph no, he's was. he in their two wins last year uh, in the Eastern Conference Finals. Yeah. Kyle Lowry, Kyle Lowry is really good. So that, I'm, I'm <laughs> that was a stupid thing for me to say, but that's, all right. uh, that's okay. I say stupid stuff sometimes. Before we move on from the series, though, one other thing or two other things. One with Demar. Uh, shoot threes next season like you should be spending every day in uh in the gym shooting from the three-point line it he would be he would be such a better player if he could do things from out there like that's gonna open up driving lanes for him he's one of the best finishers in the game make it easier on yourself shoot 35 percent from three and make teams keep you honest from out there am i like do you agree with this like i didn't know you're so triggered on DeMar DeRozan I I mean DeMar's a nice player when he's got it going I mean yeah he's got his holes in his game but this might not be a good three-point shooter like oh he's a he's a great dude in the regular season but step it up in the playoffs man and if you're like if you're a guy that just is getting mid-range jump shots in the regular season lanes tighten in the playoffs like look at LeBron he like he took more threes this series I would guess I got he I bet she averaged a couple more threes per game this series than he did in the regular season. Demar is just you know he won't shoot from out there. It makes things tougher in the playoffs because you're not going to get any easy buckets driving to the lane like you do uh, in game 41 of the regular season. So yeah, I, but just work on your three point shot and it will make like your team will be better, you will be better, it will make you better in the playoffs. So why not do it? Yeah, I but I also can't get out the dude for me like how many times LeBron shot the ball from three, like in that perspective, it's like, that's what, that's like what throughout the course of LeBron's career has basically like been proven. It's like basically if you can get LeBron to settle for a three point shot, you've won a majority of the time with like a possession of the things you can do. But no, I just, I don't know if DeMar's really up to that level. Like, you know, if he's truly could be the number one, like maybe he's just a really, really good two um, for a team. I don't know. I just, yeah. I, I mean, the overall, the Raptors, though, are just such a, I mean, they've time and time again, like, just shown that they, in these big moments, they just, like, can't step up and do anything. So, I'm really not surprised. I was, like, you know, now it's easy to say, but, I mean, after I saw the first two games of that series of the Cavs, I was like, oh, they're going to sweep. Like, this is done already. Like, LeBron was, is just, like I said, Brought the king package out, showed it up, and said, "You know, what you got? They, nothing, nothing." Right. Um, the other thing I wanted to hit on with them, and we're, we'll talk about this more because I, I'm really excited to do some free agency pods in the near, or you know, as soon as the season ends. But do you think Kyle Lowry comes back? Do you think a? Do you think it, like if the Raptors lay down a five year contract? worth the max is he coming back and two if they were not to do that if they offered him three four years and he was to go somewhere else where do you see him going well there are the rumors about him going to the looking at the west possibly i don't really know where if he thinks he's eyeing the spurs or you know some other you know what happens with the clippers if cpu leaves i don't there's, there's got to be, like, a reason for some of that coming. But, yeah, I, I still would see, like – because you're going to have the same problem there. It's not like he's going to have an easier road in the West. I, I think it's – you know, at some point you just got to be like, oh, go where the money's at. 
So maybe he right. thinks there's an opportunity out in the West. Maybe it's with your uh, Timberwolves. I don't know. Like, does he see some place where he thinks he has a better chance? Um, right. And well, it's funny you say the Timberwolves because with I mean the T Wolves will have enough cap space to make close to a max offer to somebody. Uh, I don't think that they will do that. Uh, and they just don't need a point guard. Like I don't know what they would do with Rubio um, if that was to happen. Tibbs, Tibbs, Tibbs is gonna flip his ass. Tibbs is Tibbs wanted to trade him since day one. I think. Uh, I think so too. Like Rubio's a conundrum. Like he did enough at the end of this season. He might make life. He might. It yeah. makes it tough. And until he, you know, I think Tibbs wants to flip him, but not until he has something he can trust in his stead. And he just doesn't have it. Like I think Tyus could be a backup point guard in the NBA, but until Chris Dunn proves he can be a starter, then what do you do? Sign Kyle Lowry. Uh, yeah, I. Um, yeah, it's. Insane. I don't. I don't. Know. I, don't I, I, I think yeah, I think Kyle Lowry ends up going where the money's at. I could. I would love to see him in Philly. He would be like. I don't think it's gonna happen. Everyone's saying that he's from there. He went to Villanova. Yeah. Uh, it would be an interesting story because he can play off ball. So. Uh, the fit next to Ben Simmons would be interesting, uh, but that team would be instantly a lot more fun to watch if you throw a, a you know superstar in there. It'd be crazy. The fit's yeah. the question. I don't you know that would be a very very different team uh, with uh, assuming Ben Simmons would still be this you know point forward for them. Um, but let's uh, let's move to the Western Conference. The uh, Let's hit on the game tonight, uh, Warriors Utah. Uh, it's actually been the closest series, even though it hasn't felt that way because the Warriors are up three zero. But the Warriors have, you know, it's they've been up twenty plus each game, uh, except the most in game three. Utah actually got to a lead, uh, and then the Warriors really closed it out on the back of Kevin Durant when it seemed no one could do anything right, and Kevin Durant couldn't do anything wrong, and just kind of carried them to victory, but. Um, do you think the Warriors closed out tonight? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I do yeah, too. That's all I, I don't really have anything. Like, yeah, I thought they'd sweep. I think they're going to sweep. Looks like they're going to sweep. Steph Curry and Kevin Durant are going to make sure they sweep. Oh, but I don't, there's nothing else to say about this here. I mean, it was just like kind of like an advance to the next round for them, uh, type thing too, so. Yeah, the Cavs and I mean the Cavs and Warriors have been looking good. So yeah, I'm not I, I can't pretend I have a big intellectual thing to come out of this series, but be interesting to see who they play. Yeah, um I don't really have anything huge to hit on. There have been some really funny moments in this series. Uh, like last game, Zaza Pachulia outscored Clay Thompson and gave him a lot of shit about it, which I thought was really funny. Uh, Katie, you telling mascots to get the fuck off the court? Yeah, and just a lot of shit talking. I mean, I really yeah. didn't think that the Warriors would be this fired up over the Jazz because the Jazz are super non threatening. I think Gobert gets under a lot of their skin. Like, he's definitely yapping quite a bit. Uh, oh, and uh, so another thing I would like to talk about is. I don't know what's going on with George Hill. I don't know what the extent of this toe injury that he's dealing with is. But how can you not be out there? Like he's he missed game two, game I think two and three. I don't know if he's playing tonight. Uh, 
how are you not playing these games? Like a turf toe, I know can be like, it doesn't sound like it does not sound like a very serious injury, but that is something that if it's, if it's, if you have bad turf toe, you just can't move. You can't plant, you can't run. Uh, so I understand it and maybe that's what it is. So I can't, I can't, yeah, it's like you just kind of outlined exactly what probably is the reason he's not. So, and I'm so I can't speak too much on it. It's just he's one of the big free agent guys. You look at this off season. Uh, he's a little bit younger than Lowry, but like there's there's gonna be money out there for George Hill, and just he's, makes you think he's like older than Lowry. He's thirty one. Yeah. Oh well, learn something new every day, but. Uh, <laughs> I, I, it's just gonna be interesting to see, like, especially if he, if he is thirty one. Yeah, he's oh same age. They're both thirty one. Um. Oh, so he's questionable for tonight. Yeah, he's. It, it, maybe he's just an awful. Good. Maybe just an he's awful case of turf toe, but uh, hopefully he can play tonight and do something. Um. Yeah, do something, George Hill. Jeez. Well, he's yes. been hurt. He, he's been hurt off and on all season. So uh, for his own sake, I hope he can, you know come back and play try to extend this series and make a name for himself but you just also just by saying like yeah he's hurt he's gonna be a free agent like i'm him i'm not gonna risk it like i'm not gonna like if i'm really not feeling confident on that like i'm not gonna go out there and risk further injuring myself and going into an off season like for a series that i think everyone knows how it's gonna end like i don't I don't really fault him if he's not feeling a hundred percent. If he doesn't think he can make an impact. Uh, well, all I know is that Dante Exum and the Utah Jazz are not going to win if he's starting a point guard. Uh, but I'm let's win either way. You're probably right. If you were to, if the you know the spreads at nine right now, who would you take at that spread, PJ tonight? The Warriors. Uh, they won every game by over ten still. You're right. Uh, maybe we should look into that after. Um, but anyway, let's maybe I uh, lock something in. Oh, that's mm. good to know. Okay. Um, <laughs> hypothetically. hypothetically. So, Rocket Spurs. You, you, know, you talked about who, what team. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what team they play. And if I'm the if I'm the Warriors with Tony Parker's injury, which sucks. Like I'm I'm far from the biggest Tony Parker fan in the world, but. He's been so good in the playoffs for so long, and when you think about this Spurs team and uh, Tim Duncan and you know Tony Parker's one of that big three uh, with Timmy and Manu, uh, it sucks that he had such a serious injury, and it, you just kind of had a feeling it one, when it hap- when it happened that uh, based off how he was reacting, uh, not that he was like I mean he was completely silent on the floor, but the way he's grabbing his leg, it just looked bad. Um, yeah. So you know. I really hope Tony heals quickly uh, and hopefully he's ready to go next season sometime. Um, but uh, I was really shocked that the Spurs won game three after that. You know, you go into Houston. Oh, yeah. yeah. You go into Houston and just, just because they're – I like Patty Mills, but Patty Mills is your starting point guard and you have to uh, give your rookie uh, point guard Murray off the bench a lot more minutes. Well, Murray started. Oh sure, but I'm just like he was. Yeah. He yeah, wasn't like, getting minutes before he's having to come yeah. on the off the bench to play. Yeah. Uh, that's a, a huge shakeup. But Lamarcus Soldier's really got it going in Game Three, and Kawhi played great. It just goes to show, like if you have two guys that are playing, uh, playing great, and the Rockets don't shoot that well from three, 
you're going to have a shot against this team. Uh, and then they, you know, they run the buzzsaw in game four because James Harden plays out of his mind. Kawhi has a bit of an off game and the team, uh, you know, Eric Gordon just had a huge game last night. So, uh, I had some, I had some issues with the Rockets not winning game three. I, uh, it's a problem, but it's, I, it's, I don't, I don't have, I'm not really putting the blame on James Harden though. He played really well in game three, but that's, you gotta, you gotta win that game. Like that was just watching that. I was like, this is like, I don't really care. You can't like, this is your chance. Like an opening. Yeah. Tony Parker's out. You've got to come out and just beat that ass. Like, and they really fell short. So that was disappointing. Um, obviously they won last night. So two, two, but, um, you know, I kind of, we kind of at the end of our last episode, we're getting into this, and I'm still encouraged that the Spurs will win. Um, really, man, yeah. I mean, like I said, like I, Lamarcus Aldridge actually showed up for parts, but um, yeah, the fact that the Rockets did not beat them in Game Three, I was like, I, I cannot like be sold on the team. Like I've always, I've just kind of been back and forth on them all year as far as how legit I think they are, but, I mean, that kind of just, that was, I mean, if they win a game in San Antonio again, like, whatever. Like, yeah, we're good. They'll have a really good shot, but um, not to put a ton of one game in a single series, but I just thought that was, like, the the moment they should have struck, and they could have really just closed this thing out quicker than I think either of us thought, but um, it's been fun See, to watch. I mean... It's still been a fun. It's probably been the most compelling of the series. Yeah, it has. It, it's been really up and down. You have a lot of good storylines coming out of this series with two top five players. Uh, <laughs> the Spurs bouncing back uh, after Tony's injury, and then what happened with uh, oh, I'm blanking on uh, Patrick Beverly's uh, grandfather passing away before the yeah. game last night, which was. You know, Patrick Beverly, he certainly rubs a lot of people the wrong way, so you don't see that side of him. Uh, He's an emotional but player, though. he was, you know, he put it out on the line for his, his grandfather. It was pretty cool to see. Like, he hit the first three of the game. That was cool. Uh, so, uh, I still think this series is going to go seven. Uh, been very... I hope so. I, I'm really hoping these last three games are a little bit closer uh, in... Um, margin of victory because I'd like to see a fourth quarter where the teams are kind of battling it out to see who wins and it really hasn't been that way. I mean, game three was a little bit close, but every other game has been 20 plus points. Yeah, I I think we'll get it. I, I do. Um, yeah, man, I, I the Spurs have the Spurs have played all right. I think for the most part, like I have not. I think they're figuring it out slowly. I mean, they've. Like, that's what I mean. Like, the Rockets could have easily just, like, ended this thing. Like, you go up. I mean, obviously, yeah, maybe game the vibe of game four was different. But I would I would feel much better if I was Houston. I'm obviously, not a fire take here, but to be up 3-1 on them. But, um, yeah, I just – I was kind of disappointed that that game three performance been sticking with me i like just irked me all weekend that was like my yeah i can tell on, you were triggered on demar i was triggered on that game three i just was like this makes no sense to me how you how you do that well um, they responded, did we so but. did uh 
did we uh, perhaps gamble on game three at all? I mean, yeah, but that's not that's not why. Like that. I mean, no, 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 no. I know. I'm just like I couldn't remember if we did, and yeah, we did. I'm sure we got it wrong because I would have bet. We did we? Yeah, I was. I was a thousand. I was like, this is it. Like frustrating. I, like yeah, but that's not why. I mean, I was frustrated just from the fact of like, yo, Rockets, like show me something. I thought that was their game to do it, but right. Uh, one other so. You know, LaMarcus Aldridge has gotten a ton of shit for how yeah. he's played, uh, especially in game one where he was, he was something like minus 39 or something uh, in the 20-plus minutes that he played. But another player that's been kind of indicative of how the Spurs have played as a team is Danny Green. Like, he's one of the key role players. He's been on the, the Spurs for a while, uh, and he's a good, just a great 3-and-D guy. But when you have Danny Green coming in and hitting three, four threes, shooting uh, close to 50, 50% from out there, uh, they've won. And every game that he's come in and not shot the ball very well, wasn't very aggressive, like in game one and game four, they've lost. So just a, kind of a guy to keep your eye on because I remember watching game one and watching Danny Green and just thinking like, wow, I can't believe my most prominent memories of Danny Green are – uh, the 2014 finals where the Spurs just shellacked the Heat, and Danny Green was just out of out of control. It seemed like he couldn't almost miss. An MVP. <laughs> yeah, he just he almost, like arguably could have been the MVP of that if it. Had yeah, just soon. just could not could not miss nope. a three. He had to shot 90 percent from out there. And now it's just uh, he's had some good games. He's had some bad, but the games that he's played better, they've won. Um, well, that's a good point. I'm uh, I can't argue with that at all. Um, let's uh, let's let's move on to in and outs, PJ. Um, all right, well, well, do you want? Should we talk at all about the lottery? So the lottery's uh, a little bit of week, more than a week from today, and it's gonna be the biggest lottery the Ever. NBA's seen in a while. Um, I'd like to, you know, maybe we save this. I'd love to do a pod during the lottery next week, if possible. Mm, kinky. So we'll make that happen, uh, but let's move on to, like I said, let's move on to in and outs. Uh, I know that you have at least one one funny thing to talk about, so I'm going to let you go first. Okay. Well, yeah, mine's, um, my in and outs are themed around overweight men. Um, so my in was John Daly winning uh, his first PGA Tour event since 2004. So that was pretty cool. John Daly is kind of the real-life Happy Gilmore. Um, who doesn't like John Daly, you know? I like John Daly. It's yeah, great. Right. Exactly. I just don't like know anyone. It's the one thing Trump and I can agree on. No. <laughs> we both like John Daly. Come, come. He bring he's brings people together from across the table. Um, that was cool. Especially his ridiculous outfit and just like form and then like getting sprayed with champagne. Uh, it was it was it was cool. Um, so shout out yeah, to John Daly. I love me some John Daly. That's great. Yeah, it was it was a fun little side sports story of the weekend. My out is uh, a little something different, uh, somewhat sports related, but had to kind of do a little bit of legwork to get there. So there's currently, if you haven't been on social media, uh, so this is obviously recording this on Monday, but. So on Tuesday, you haven't seen this yet. You go out there and find it. But there's a picture surfacing around of 
uh, what can be described as a, a very heavy set man who is butt ass naked and he is conceivably humping a dead what looks like a great white shark a baby great white shark say like some deep sea fishing but this man is uh, straddling this uh, this shark and is just bare ass naked uh, with the biggest fucking grin on his face it is a picture you have to see uh, <laughs> uh, but I'm just so I, I the thing I'm out on of this to get to it I just want to talk about vaguely but just kind of out on man man butts and naked big man butts on dead animals not a big in on that so definitely out on it but uh definitely in on the part of it being a hilarious picture and the the connection is that people have been floating around to saying that it's the which he had to come out and say it was not but the florida head football coach uh jim mcelvain had to come out and say because it looks a lot like him like damn near like pretty tough to say it isn't but looks a lot like him and he had to come out and say no that is not not in fact him nude humping a shark so yeah that's uh, yeah so i had not seen this video um prior to her sorry so i had not seen this picture prior to uh pj and i uh hopping on to do the podcast today and hadn't heard about it uh so he, he tells me about this naked shark man video thing or picture thing and uh instantly uh sends me the picture and I strongly suggest anyone that hasn't seen it, like you really got to see it. It's will make you think a lot of things very fast, and a lot of questions, yeah. Yeah, uh, which so we nice. should we should try to work through. Like I know that uh, like if you if you have not seen it and don't know what we're talking about before you listen to any more of this, pause, you should probably pause it right now and look it up. Pull it up. Give you a second. Okay, oh, that should be about enough time. Yeah. Uh, so first of all, PJ, well, what is your first question when you saw this photo? Uh, why is the man naked ultra? What, what spurred the man to get naked for this? this that, it, that would also be my first question. It doesn't make any sense. Like there's no one else that you can see in the picture. Uh, yeah. and second is why <laughs> I'm just looking at it, it, right it, now. it, it <laughs> makes sense. It makes sense why he is – I think he's – I mean, the shark is probably alive. I think he's holding it down. But why – I don't think it's alive. There's blood on the, on the dead. Like, I think it's dead. Because if it's alive, why – that adds more questions. It being dead adds more questions? No, I don't if know. if it's alive, it adds oh. more questions. If so it, that that's another question. Why is the shark alive? <laughs> and I think it is. I think it's alive. I think it's dead. I think he's holding in place. It is a big there's shark. Blood. There's blood on the bow, whatever that. Yeah, man. Is. Not there's not there's a ton of. The there's not a ton of blood. It's not like I. It just because there's a little blood on the boat doesn't mean it's dead. But, I mean. So why? Okay, so is a shark dead or alive? Is why is the guy naked? Why is he balls to shark contact <laughs> going on? Uh, is a primary question of mine. Uh, it, it, this is, I don't even know what to say. I do wish it was Jim McElwain. It would be so much funnier if it was him. Also, conspiracy theory. Maybe it still is, and he's just lying. 
oh yeah i mean but man's come out and made a statement and said it wasn't him so i gotta believe that so we have more you know evidence of it but if he has an alibi i'll believe crazy it crazy similarities there um i'd like to do just i think they should do a, a large man's you know bare white ass lineup and that's how we determine who it is um and all of Twitter can help identify the, the suspected white ass. This is the um, best man butt I've seen since Justin Verlander, I gotta say. Well, I mean, I was gonna say this, you know, Thrones usually was coming out around this time. You got your man butt fixed. So this this should hold everyone over till July, I think, as far as man butts go. But, um, yeah, just what would spur you to be like, I mean, I'm not really a fisher, but... Um, you know, I can. I was mainly questioning myself, like, what would be some accomplishment that I would have to strip butt ass naked down and have to be like photographed with that said accomplishment? Um, I can't really think of anything. Uh, so the yeah, the entire just setup of it, it's just it. Yeah, there's just so many questions, and I want to know who this man is so he can actually explain himself because i think that's what america needs to bring it's bring us together in these times i think uh someone will be willing to pay the guy enough money that we can get some answers um i let's move on i'm going to hit my in and outs real quick they're, they kind of go along together they have nothing to do with uh what you, you and i just described but uh so lots of a lot of uh lonzo ball news in the last week or so uh, the big news today is he came out with a rap song uh, over yeah. a Drake track, which it was better than I thought it would. And similar to how I thought that his rapping would probably be awful and it wasn't that bad, his sneakers I'm in on, not because I'm going to buy these things, but they look better than I thought that they would. Like when I th- thought, like, okay, first big baller brand sneakers, what are they going to look like? These look better. Like these look like similar to kobe's uh the logo like the z the z zero zo logo on the back is like pretty cool um you know who i I don't really like the logo as much i mean it's not great i like uh, but in comparison to the big baller brand logo like if you had three giant b's on there it'd be like this is ugly they don't have that i i'm they're okay however my out Along the same lines, how are you pricing it at five hundred dollars? Like, Whoa. there's you're not a big baller. Yeah, but I mean, who's gonna buy this sh- a five hundred dollars shoe to play basketball in? They have no idea if it's even big a good ballers. performance sneaker. Big, big ballers, ballers like sn- big ballers sneaker he- sneaker heads are gonna buy this just to say they had it, mm, and that's gonna be it. Like, if so- it. that's true, big ballers will buy it. If that is the answer to everything, then I really can't. Maybe I'm just LeVar, wrong on this, and LeVar I just got to be more of a big baller. LeVar outlined the, uh, the argument pretty well, and it's, uh, yeah, you got to be a big baller. If you can't afford these, you're not a big baller. It's unbelievable. And this, I, even worse, this, the sandals that they're offering for 200 is just mind-boggling. My, my theory on this, though, is that so the day before there was rumors like it that they were gonna be two hundred dollars and people were like, Oh man, like, I can't believe they're gonna be two hundred dollars. Like no way someone should pay two hundred dollars for the for Lonzo's first shoe or whatever. 
So, like, either one, they just got the report wrong, and it was like they were referencing the, the sandals. But what I believe it is, is um, that they took... So, LeVar Ball saw the news of that, and then it was just like, $200? They don't think my boy's shoes can sell for $200? Fuck it. We're going to make it four ninety five and see what happens. And I also would like to say I, that I'm out on I, the fact that the larger size shoes are six seventy five from a man that has larger feet. I'm a little yeah, bit of Levar. Like you're, it'd be like you buying like me being. I could buy a pair of twelves at four ninety five, and then go get a pair of like retro Jordans, and I would pay less for those two pairs than you would for one pair. Buy a bunch of Kyrie's. Yeah, no kidding, man. Aren't those like one twenty-five? One, one, I think. You basically buy one of those for every day of the week. I mean, Kyrie, Kyrie's are like I've tried them on before. They're comfy as shit. Like I they're Kyrie's. great. I got Kyrie's shoes that I rock it with for ball. Shout out my guy. Yeah, I mean, seriously, shout out to Kyrie for uh, really closing out the game yesterday, but which we needed. Uh, let's close up shop, PJ. Well, hopefully, we do some pot. I'd love to do a pod next week to do the lottery and. Uh, um, we'll definitely be covering uh, the Eastern and Western Conference Finals once we figure out who's playing in those. But uh, in the meantime, please, as always, check out and download our podcast. We'd appreciate a review off iTunes or Stitcher. Check us out on Facebook. Just look for The Point Forward. Check us out on Twitter at The Point Forward. Our website, www.thepointforwardnba.com. PJ, also I hope you have the- a good week. Also, I do just before we leave, the Big Baller logo is on those shoes also. Is it small somewhere? It's on like the, yeah, outside. like The, the lip? And, no, it's on like the heel. It's on like the, so on like the right foot. It's on like the right, like the outside heel mm. part. So. Well, uh, if you can't afford these uh, shoes now, make sure you work your ass off this week, become a Big Baller, and then you can own these shoes. Everyone these great. Big I'm going to try to be a Big Baller. I am too. Take it easy, everyone. Thanks for listening.